Hello, America. I am Todd Boating, and welcome to another Lessons from the Front. Today, my guest is a very special guest who has a, a very interesting story, uh, interesting background, and I can't wait for him to share that with us. His name is Jojo Esposito. He is a member of the Rescue Five uh, Fire Department, or excuse me, the Fire and Rescue Team from uh, the Fire Department of New York. Jojo has seen quite a few things through his uh, through his years, and he is prepared to share some of those some of those lessons and stories with us today. And with that being said, I'm just going to jump right into it. Jojo Esposito, welcome to Lessons from the Front. Thank you, Todd. Very, very honored to be here with you guys. Well, we're honored to have you, and and um, I'm excited to excited in a in a in an unusual way to hear about. Uh, the events that have led us together. And as we all know, 9-11 is right around the corner. 9-11 is a day that is uh, very, um, it's still still felt uh, almost 20 years later amongst a lot of us, you more than a lot of people. It's still held in a lot of uh, high reverence with, with much of America, but you for a lot more reasons than a lot of people. And so, before we get into that, though, you've spent now, is it almost 35 years or just over 35 years in the New York Fire Department? I had 35 years this August. This August. Holy cow. And if I'm not mistaken, you've got sons that are going to be uh, uh, taking over your position in the fire department. Is that correct? Well, hopefully my son Vincent's on the list. And uh, right now the list is stopped because of this uh, COVID stuff. So I'm not putting classes in. But hopefully within another year and a half, they'll be on. Well, I hope he's able to continue the tradition. And, and from everything that I've, I've read and studied, your, your family is, is extremely dedicated to New York in general and the fire department in, in specific. What led you to the fire department? It was my brother, my brother Michael, who passed away on 9-11. Uh, you know, I was working construction. I was making $1,000 a, a week. And he told me, take the test, take the test. I said, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. You get paid every two weeks. <laughs> I was making good money back there in the 80s. I didn't want to, I didn't want to join, but uh, he, he convinced me to take the test. I took the test. No big deal. I, I, got, I got high on the test. I was the third class uh, off the list, and, uh, you know, I never looked back. I mean, uh, from making all that money to getting paid maybe $230 every two weeks was a, was a tough uh, adjustment. But I tell you what, you uh, – you learn to love the job and, and you, you learn to uh, appreciate everything that goes with it. So I was very, very happy that uh, I made that decision to join. So your, your, your brother convinced you to take a job that paid a fraction of what you were making. Yeah. You got paid a lot less. It was, it was uh, arguably more hazardous. And you said, hey, why not? That sounds like the perfect gig for me. <laughs> yeah, I figured, hey, if I don't like it, I could always quit. It wasn't a big deal. But like I said, you just... You, you learn to to love it with the excitement and the, the brotherhood of other the, of the firefighters, guys senior to you, you know, it was a great experience. So I, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change one thing I did. So obviously there is a, a tremendous amount of brotherhood. I hear that all the time throughout the fire department. In the military, we have our own versions of that. For, for those who have never served in uniform or in harm's way like you have, give everybody a little glimpse into that. When you talk about brotherhood, what does that brotherhood mean? How do you describe that? Well, it's, it's, 
it's tough for outsiders to understand it. Just like the military, it, you know, unless you're part of it, you really don't understand it. But um, you know, we get together, we 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 come to a roll call, and you know, you're with certain guys, uh, just like in the military, has a certain group, and they go out, and they um, they have a mission, and uh, our mission is when that bell rings, uh, uh, my life is in your hands, and your life is in my hands, and you know, we look out for each other. It's a dangerous job, but we always want to make sure that we come home. And, uh, you know, it's not like any other job. I mean, you know, our families are together. Our wives go out together. The kids play together. We go on trips. It's a really big family. And it's just tough to explain to anybody that's not part of that, what, we, what we're about. They don't understand it. But it's a so, great, great it's, it's, it's an unbelievable uh, um, organization to be part of. And so what, what I've understood is it's really not a job. It is a way of life. Um, you know, for, for you guys, especially the, the way you, you know, you have a few days on a few days off. You're always, you're always cooking together because you can't really go in most cases, you can't extend too far from the firehouse, especially when you're working. So it is, I mean, for all of the downside, the upside far outweighs it is what I've understood. What is I've that fair to say? It's fair to say. It's fair to say. It's just a, it's another family that you, you join. Yeah, you have another family. My wife yells at me all the time that, you know, I'm more with them than her sometimes. But uh, it's just the way it is. It's, you know, like you said, it's 24-7. So you're originally from New York, correct? Staten Island? Correct. So I'm just kind of curious. How would you describe a stereotypical New Yorker? <laughs> well, people people say I'm the I'm the typical New Yorker, you know, uh, you know, talk about food and uh, you know, tough talk and all that stuff. That's a typical New Yorker. Nothing bothers them, and then uh, if it does, then we we take care of it. <laughs> so, how is you minded? That's for sure. Well, I, I want to tell you what I, I spent about a week in New York years and years ago, even before I joined the Marine Corps. And I will tell you that what I found about, about New Yorkers, you know, and, and being from Texas, there, there's, there's all kinds of like, you know, y'all had an influx of New Yorkers into Texas at one point. And we were like, hey, where are all these New Yorkers coming from? You know, and I, that's all I knew about New York. And so I spent about a week up there and what I found about New Yorkers is with all of the things that you just described, some of the most absolutely genuine people on this earth. Now, you, if, if you don't want to know the truth, don't ask because <laughs> you guys are going to, you're going to give people the truth and it's going to be the, you know, the unfiltered version. But I, I, I was so enthralled by that because y'all were so genuine and, and I worked a basketball camp up there for a week and I couldn't believe how kind everyone was and how willing they were to help out the guy to their left and their right so now you take that in general and then you put it into the fire department where, where, it, where it's even more um, well, New York exasperated. they get a bad rap most of the times New Yorkers but like you just said there is nothing we wouldn't do for somebody. It's 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 uh, it's it's true. It's it's amazing how many great people are out there in this city. So, kind of using that as a segue, 9/11 was was a pretty rough day for for New York. It was a rough day for the Esposito family. How how did it start for you? 
for me, I was, uh, I, was, I was on vacation and um, my groups were normally in, but I was working on the side. I was running a machine. And, uh, you know, one of the guys on the job site said that plane just crashed into the towers. And I was like, really? So, I, you know, I just figured, oh my God, a small plane, lost control, whatever. And then they said another one hit. And I says, I got to go. This ain't, this ain't an accident. And uh, when I got to the firehouse, uh, my father happened to be standing outside the firehouse, believe it or not. And he says, Joe, Mike's working. I said, all right, I'm going in there now and I'm going to go get him. So, you know, we took off, we went to the ferry and the other, while we were on the ferry, the other tower collapsed by down. They both of them came down. So it was, uh, getting off that ferry was a, a, a really surreal, looked like a, a movie, a movie set for some, it just, just wasn't, wasn't real. But you know, well, as we're marching off to the, off the, the ferry, hundreds of firemen from, from New York, from Staten Island, you know, the people are cheering like we just invaded Normandy, you know, it was just, it was an unbelievable feeling, but uh, you know, as we got as we got to the to the to the pile, it was just uh, you know very devastating. So, so um, we, yeah. So what happened was uh, we split up. We, we had my guys, and we started searching. And uh, you know, I got on the radio. I was trying to call my brother, see uh, if the company was there. But you know, a lot of guys, I, a couple of chiefs, I ran into, and they were they didn't even want to talk to me because they knew everybody was gone. You know, but uh, it was uh, it was a very tough day, and, I, and then I I realized my cousin was working too, and he was gone. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't a pretty sight down there for us. So what time did you get down there? Uh, we got together. Probably I got down there by uh, uh, probably around eleven thirty, twelve, something like that. Maybe one. The towel's already down when we got there, because they were holding us up for a while. The ferries weren't sure they were going to send them across. And then I didn't come home until uh, the next afternoon, because I was ordered home, you know, but uh, we were exhausted, we were shot, and then I uh, came back and uh, I never really left there. I was, I was there till the end, every day and night, holidays, searching for everybody, you know. So, Michael was working with, with squad, Squad One, correct. He was the he was the officer of Squad One. And what kind of unit was Squad One? Squad One uh, is a specialized unit too. It's just uh, you know a special operations command. They get made up of rescues and squads. Um, my brother originally was from a rescue, then he became a lieutenant. He went to Squad One. They uh, they do all the stuff that a rescue does. Uh, you know, high angle, uh, find space, collapse. But uh, they, they operate as an, as an engine, too. So they have responsibilities as a regular company does, as far as first two responsibilities. But after that, they're a specialized human. The only thing they don't do that the rescue does is, uh, is a scuba dive. And so his station was, was pretty close to the towers? Well, he, yeah. His, uh, well, his company goes, used to go on a, on a 1060 to anywhere in the city. Um, and... Uh, they were 1060 on is what? 1060 is a major emergency. And, okay. and they, uh, they were uh, on Union Street and, uh, and uh, eight, uh, 6th Avenue. So they, they were pretty close. They, went, they, went, they got dispatched right away. And so his unit made it over there pretty much right away. Yeah. Um, 
Did you talk to anyone who, who was with him that morning? Um, no, we didn't get the chance, but uh, there was a, a woman commissioner that was stuck in the tunnel for the fire department. And uh, my brother and the, and the guys got off the rig and they started walking through the tunnel because the, they, the rigs weren't moving. So they started walking. And finally, as it started walking, uh, moving, they jumped on a couple other rigs that were out there. But uh, the commissioner who spoke uh, told me that, uh, you know, he knocked on his wind on her window and says, hey, commissioner, we don't, and he says, please be careful. Blah, blah. He goes, yeah, no problem. We'll take care of this. And he was telling her to be careful. So uh, that's the only one that uh, I remember that spoke to him last. And so you, your brother's nickname was Mel. Yeah. Tell us about Mel. Uh, Mel's the uh, regular guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Ronnie Dangerfield movie. Uh, uh, he was the regular guy, the regular guy look and everything. And uh, he just, uh, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't flashy, my brother. He would, uh, he would wear the boxes and he would wear the Elmer Fudd hat in the winter. Um, so, you know, he was just a regular guy, my brother. Unbelievable regular guy, but not flashy at all. Well, I mean, he talked you into, uh, he was a good salesman too. Talked you into leaving a, a really good paying job that you liked. Yeah. Into, yeah. A, into a career. I mean, it, it took a lot of talking and a lot of yelling, but then I finally decided to go. So. <laughs> so is Mel your older brother? No, uh, he's, he's the middle brother. I have, uh, I had five brothers and uh, he was the middle one. So when he, um, how, how, do, how do you picture, since you didn't get the chance to see him or talk to him that morning, how do you picture things went when he got to, uh, to, the, to the towers? Well, w without a doubt, I, I, you know, my brother was a professional. And he's probably one of, the, one of the better firemen that uh, passed away that day. And uh, I have no, no doubt that uh, he took his guys up there. He told them the situation. He says, we got to go. And um, what what I think what I think happened to a lot of guys that especially you know when, when they were saying the buildings can come down they were trying to get out you know get out they weren't going out because on the radios you had guys up there like Terry Hatton and Brown uh, they're giving maydays those guys are great firemen they they're giving maydays my brother wasn't about to uh, not not go up there you know and uh, mayday is 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 when a fireman's in trouble. And uh, uh, the shit is really going down. So, you know, those guys kept climbing. They might have heard the radios were bad. They might have heard we got to get out. But you know, those guys were giving maydays. Fellow firefighters were giving maydays. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go downstairs. So when you got to the scene, can you describe what you saw? It was just surreal. I mean, there was nothing but steel standing up in the thing. You couldn't even see hardly because of the, the dust. Um, I mean, we got met by dust as soon as we got out of the ferry, um, and and paper. There's nothing but paper flying in the air. It was, uh, you know, it was very very surreal. And then you heard the you heard the noises of the uh, the trap firemen on the on the on the on the Scott packs, the uh, vibro right alarms. So you heard them until the battery went dead, you know. So it was. Uh, it was a crazy scene, crazy scene. Everybody all over the place, uh, not knowing what's happening. Are we still under attack? You know, uh, so uh, we started to uh, we started to do our job. We had to get a hold of ourselves and do our job. You know, and uh, that's what we started to do. We started 
to look for guys? I, I just don't know that I could, you know, imagine that scene. Um, in, in our last uh, podcast, I, I spoke to someone who was at the Pentagon, and um, and I told I told him. Well, he jarred some memories because I was uh, I was stationed right near the Pentagon when on 9/11. But everything I've read, seen, heard, what happened at the Twin Towers was just it was just so incredibly different. Like you said, very surreal. I I, I can only imagine. What What about your cousin? Um, uh, what, my, what was his story? My friend, cousin Frankie was in uh, Engine 235, stationed in Bedsty, Brooklyn. But, uh, you know, that day everybody was going. So uh, they got there. And um, last I heard, they were they were going into the Marriott Hotel of the second tower. And uh, uh, that's when it went down. But uh, we, never, we never found Frankie either. But, you know, he was with his company and they were doing what they had to do, like everyone else was. Just over your right. Go ahead. Just, I'm sorry. No, it was just, it was just tough because I'm thinking of – Michael, and then I, I, then I, someone told you your cousin was working. And I'm like, oh, you know. So, and my father and uh, and my my cousin Frankie's father, their brother, their brothers. So, you know. So, in addition to your brother and uh, your cousin, there were 11 members of your unit that went down that day as well. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. And then, Actually, it was 14 people that left the uh, the firehouse that day, and only one came back. But uh, yeah, there was 11 assigned members that, uh, that that perished. Only one came back. Yeah, he was in a specialized unit, and uh, he, you know, he was one of the lucky ones. So, if I'm not mistaken, the way the fire departments take care of their own. In essence, you adopted a lot of family members that day as a result of that day. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell uh, us about your continued involvement with them. Well, they're, they're family to me. Uh, you know, I, I call them every holiday. Um, you know, a couple of them we went away with together. Uh, the kids hang out together. Um, they come to our parties. We go to their parties, the, the christenings, the, the weddings, the whole deal, you know. It was funny because when I was trying to take care of a couple of the families, um, some of them didn't even realize my my brother was gone. You know, they they didn't really said Jojo, who's he? He's lost his brother, and he you know he's taking care of us. And I was taking care of my sister-in-law too, and her kids. Um, we had a full plate, you know, we had a full plate going, and uh, I try to cover as many bases as I possibly can. But uh, you know, these families to me, it, 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 we're family. Well. We'll never be separated from you. You know, I'm probably probably one of the only ones that really is tight with everyone else. So when you think back to that day, what what emotion what's the first emotion that 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 pops into your into your heart, into your body? Well, you know, I was I was very surprised I even kept it together to to continue to what I did. And um you know, it was just, uh, I just, to myself, I was just like, I couldn't believe that my brother could possibly be gone. He's too good of a fireman. He's the toughest bastard I ever known. So I was still ho holding on hope that uh, maybe, you know, they were trapped somewhere and we just didn't get to them yet, you know. 
But, um, you know, it was just – I had a lot of guys around me, you know, you know, they're the ones that kept me going, a lot of them. Just, you know, come on, Joe, let's, let's try this. All right, let's go here. You know, if you wandered off to yourself, may, maybe I would have lost it. But, uh, you know, that's why that brotherhood – that brotherhood was so important to me, especially at that time. When did it sink in? Uh, it had when, to be like when did the whole thing just really come come to? I, I was hoping. I mean, like I said, for two days, I was hoping. You know, how long could they last? We're figuring it out. Blah blah blah. But when I had to come home and tell my my father and my uncle, you know, I don't think we're going to get them. You know. And so the the. After about two days, the whole thing kind of sunk in that. Yeah, because you just, you know, you, as you see the devastation more and more and you're getting reports about this and reports about that, it, you know, it, it was just, you know, we, we had hope for about two days, but that was it. Do you harbor anger? Do you harbor resentment? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was angry. I was angry, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was pissed off. You know, I could have been working too. I, you know, I should have been if I wasn't on vacation. Those were my groups. Me and my brother were in the same group um, in the group shot. But um, yeah, I, I was I was angry. I was angry. So you mentioned that a couple of times that you're on vacation, and one of the things that uh, that we know about, you know, militarily is something called survivor's guilt. Um, I'm sure you've had to deal with that a little bit. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, not not really. I mean, good. It could have been either one of us. It could have it could have been anybody that day. Uh, I had a guy that worked in my firehouse that night who never tapped out. My friend Tony hurt his back at a job earlier. Went home. He would have been dead too. Uh, the guys they hit us at the, the time of the changing of the tours. That's why we lost so many firemen because guys jumped on the rig. You know, this was this was a major catastrophe. Everybody's going. Nobody's going home. You know, so is that uh, right? So the the timing of it, the timing of it was when we changed tours. We 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 start at nine o'clock, but guys come in at seven thirty eight o'clock, and they you know send the guy home. I I relieve you, blah blah blah. But when this thing hit, nobody nobody went home. Everybody stayed. They jumped on the rig. Guys came in from off duty. If if I could have got to the firehouse quick enough, if, uh, I would have been on that rig too. You know. Listen, you left. You went left. You lived. You went right. You died. It, it, a lot of guys, uh, you know, that survived. It, it's either way. Your number was your number was up. It was up. It was just amazing the way it happened. I'm I'm glad you look at it that way, and and I say that sincerely because, you know, there there are so many guys that I've talked to in in the military, uh, in the first responder units, uh, who who don't look at it the way you just said and, and there and there's this this guilt of surviving and and i agree with you i mean it's just sometimes it sometimes your number's up and um you know it, it's it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense no and uh you know you know that going through the military too you know you know, bomb hits this way or it could have went this way you know either way you know just just to look at a draw I just couldn't believe when I started to realize how many men we lost. I just, that's when it started saying, well, I just, it's just a disbelief. And then the civilians on top of that, you know, so. Over your right shoulder, there's a flag. I'm assuming that, uh, 
That's your brother. Yeah, that flag, well, that's, that flag was given to me by uh, the uh, USS New York. Uh, chief retired. He was chief firefighter of the, of the USS New York. And uh, that flag was flown uh, over the, the Ground Zero site, and uh, they presented it to me. And I have a certificate for it and everything. It's, uh, that was quite an honor. Commanding officer of the USS New York. So how long, how, how many days did you spend there in total? You said you, you were there for two days before they I sent you home. I was there from the day one until it closed, you know, on and off. I had to work. When I was working, I was working. And then uh, when I was off, I went down. And your oldest brother did too, is that correct? Sal? Yeah, Sal, uh, Sal and my other cousin, Sal, they, uh, they were both working with uh, the contractors at the time. So my brother, Sal, uh, was running the running the machines down there. My other brother was cutting in uh, uh, steel, you know. So I had a lot of other cousins working in construction. They were all down there too. So it was kind of a family affair. Everybody there, but you know, I try to keep. I kind of try to watch them because they wanted to help too. But I, I didn't need to get them hurt. So they had their own job to do, and, and that's what they were doing. And Sal, you know, he needs a kidney now. He's not not wealthy from uh, not healthy at all from uh, from the 9-11. So I'm dealing with that now with him. You know, I, I saw a story on that and I, was, I wanted to ask you about that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there, there's a, a lot of a lot of hangover effects from the amount of time he spent down there. Uh, that certainly contributed to uh, to his health issues from what uh, yes. from what I researched. In fact, just uh, three weeks ago, he went to, he went through a double bypass uh, heart surgery. So he's recovering from that right now. And uh, hopefully when he gets a little better, we have a donor ready to go. Um, so hopefully everything will work out. Well, we'd, we'd certainly like to do our part in, in helping get the word out to see if we can help your brother. Um, um, I, I would hate to see uh, another brother past due to, to that kind of service. So um, you, you're obviously, I mean, you, you look like you're doing pretty well. You, I don't, I don't hear that uh, the effects of uh, yeah, taken you know, hold of you. You know, I had a call for a while early on and, uh, you know, I went for a couple of tests and uh, I know so far, I'm, so far, knock on wood, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, you know. Uh, good for you. I'm a medical miracle. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's i want to show awesome. you a picture god i want to show you a picture of uh oh please do i hope you can the see next generation of firefighters back there yeah that's my son vincent you see these two rigs yes they were going to that tower there right that's rescue five coming through the tunnel with the hazmat rig. There was a couple, we had about three guys on the hazmat rig and the rest were on the regular rig. So was that on 9-11, that picture? That is 9-11, they were coming right out of the tunnel. Wow. Yeah, so that 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 uh, that photo was caught and uh, I had it on a poster. It's, uh, it was kind of, you know, that was the last time we saw our rig going out, you know, going in. So guys were on it. Jojo, I've got nothing but but just respect for what you guys do. 
while most people are running out of the burning building, you guys run into the burning building. And, and that's just, uh, um, you, you know, Tom, it takes special people. It's listen, it, it pisses me off even more today with what's going on in this country. You know, when we get the ticket to respond to an emergency or a fire, it doesn't say the guy's Jewish, doesn't say he's Catholic, doesn't say he's black, doesn't say he's white. We crawl down that hallway where someone's in trouble. We don't care what color or what religion they are. And this is what burns me up when they talk about racism. We don't, we don't care who it is. We're coming to save your life. You call for us, we're coming. And that's what the cops do too, you know? And it just, uh, you know, this day and age is really, uh, it's pissing us off, especially the first responders, because, uh, you know, we're taking a beating. So I, I wanna, I want you to tell everybody then, we, we have a saying, uh, that we use when we talk about our education program. And, and that saying is be the flag. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So when I say to you, be the flag, what does that mean to you? Were you saying that to me? What that means to me is, you know, be, be, what, be what the flag represents. Be what, why that flag was still flying after the battle. Uh, you know, we a lot of people sacrifice a lot of things to, to, to make that flag uh, live in America live. And it's just a disgrace that, uh, you know, people spit at it, burn it, and uh, they're uh, disgracing the whole American concept. We are a bunch of immigrants from everywhere. And that's what made up America. And, uh, you know, um, you do this stuff in other countries, they cut your head off. So I don't know what the problem is with America. But America is the best country in the world. Amen to that. And you know, when, when, when I think of be the flag, and I think of the actual flag, and you, and you brought up, you referenced Fort McHenry and the, and the Star Spangled Banner. Correct. I think, I, I just, the, the same thought as that, though, to me, is that flag flying over the, the debris at ground zero. Yeah, yeah, just like in Iwo Jima, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's a symbol. It's a symbol and, uh, you know, we're very proud of it. And there's a lot of people that spilled a lot of blood for that flag, Cross Stars and Stripes. And you don't want their memory to be disgraced like that. No, you don't. So th thank you for sharing that, that thought with us. So, well, I want to be very mindful of your time and very respectful of your time. You shared some, some unbelievable uh, memories with us. And, and unfortunately, we're going to have to share the anniversary of that uh, in a couple of weeks. But I, I, I'm curious, what did you walk away with after all of, after, after your experience there? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about humanity? What lessons could you take away from that experience? Well, you know, I learned a lot from that. You know, you know the, the first couple of weeks after 9-11, there was no place you want to live than in New York. I mean, they were clapping, cheering. We couldn't do no wrong. A year later, everybody forgets real soon, you know, especially if it's not personal, I forget. And, you know, it's just a shame that, uh, you know, people say, oh, they got the ceremony going on again. You know, when, when are they going to let it go? Um, we don't let it go. We don't forget. And that was a tragic day in America history, not just New York history. It was in, one of the in the world. But the lessons I've learned from there is that, you know, uh, you can't take anything for granted. Um, you know, there's good and there's bad in, in the world, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you just got to go on and, and try to do the best you can. Um, I could look at myself in the mirror 
all the time because I, whatever I, I know I've done the right thing. I can't say that I, I, I question myself about what I might've done or differently, but I did the right thing and I, I can live with that. That's awesome. I love that. Well, this is going to be a pretty easy question for you to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. We, uh, you know, carry the load. Our tagline is who are you carrying? And, and the concept behind that is there are those who, who have carried us. There are those who made the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I can continue to enjoy the freedoms in America that, that we do enjoy. And so my obvious question to you is, who are you carrying? My back is killing me. I'm carrying a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm carrying the family. I'm carrying the firehouse. Um, you know, anybody that needs a, a, a hand, I'm carrying. I've never, I never shied away from it. And see, that's what I mean. When I, when I hear be the flag, I think, I think of great Americans like you, Jojo. And, you, and like you said, you're an immigrant, I believe, uh, from Ireland, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it, Jojo, I, I can't thank you enough. I look forward to the time when we can get back out and, and carry the load, can run the relay again, uh, not virtually, but physically through New York. I'd love to come up there and shake your hand and give you a big bear hug from Texas. Because again, I just, you know, people like you are, y'all are it, man. Y'all are what make America what it is. And I really appreciate and respect all that you and your brothers on, on, the, uh, on the fire engines do. So thank you for yeah, giving well, we, of yourself. We appreciate everything you guys do in the military and uh, you know, I don't know, I think it was 12 to 13 years ago when Cameron came to the firehouse the first time and we just hit it off. And, uh, you know, I miss it. I mean, we miss it. The guys are looking forward to everything. You know, we, we do two, two uh, military things a year and uh, you're one of them and we were looking forward to it. But unfortunately, we ain't going to be able to do it this year. So. But, um, you know, we can't have our 9-11 luncheon that we wanted to because none of the venues will allow me to have over 300 people. But uh, we're going to have our mass this year. Uh, the, my priest says, don't worry about it. I don't care how many people come. We're having a mass. So, um, you know, we'll be together with the families again. It's our day. That's our day. 9-11 is our day. And I hope, I hope to see you guys next year again. It'll be great. Well, again, thank you for all you do. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you down the road and meeting you in person. And for everybody else out there in America, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I encourage you to go research the story of these fire departments and these police officers that, that, gave, of, that gave everything on the morning of 9-11 so that others could get out safely. So for all of us at Carry the Load, thank you for tuning in. And just remember, always, always, always have a very good answer to this question. Who are you carrying?